Good morning, and I would like to welcome everyone to this beautiful ministry, Hearts Knit Together in Christ podcast. As you know, we are learning about Black history, so we will focus on scripture, a scripture today, but mostly focus on someone that I would like to introduce you to who has paved the way. And when I think of this man, George Washington Carver, I think about the word determination and perseverance. Those two together combined it. And without determination and perseverance, we really don't have anything. And so that's what he was operating in in his day-to-day life from a rim of faith. But he was persistent. He was always persevering, always looking for the best opportunity to suit his life, even as a child. And so what what he points me into the direction when I read, when I get ready to read his story to you and his testimony, I think about Romans 12 and 12, where it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in all of these things, George Washington Carver exemplified patience right faithfulness and he was willing to endure every hardship that came his way so let me share and introduce this great man of God this great chemist so George Washington Carver was an African-American agriculture chemist born 1864 in Diamond Grove Missouri he died January 5th 1943 in Tuskegee Alabama George Washington Carver started his life as a slave, a slave and worked his way to becoming a respected and world-renowned agriculture chemist. He helped develop agriculture techniques used around the world. In his early years, George Washington Carver was born in Kansas territory near Diamond Grove, Missouri. During the bloody struggle between free soldiers and slaveholders, his father, a slave on a nearby farm, was killed shortly before Carver was born. Carver himself became the kidnapped victim of night riders while still a baby. With his mother and brother, James, he was held for ransom. Before they were rescued, his mother died. Moses Carver, a German farmer, ransom traded the infant carver for a $300 horse. Thus, he was orphaned and left in the custody of a white gardener from early childhood. Carver was a talented student, but even his talents could not overcome racism. Feelings of racial superiority. He was not allowed to attend the local schools because of his color. Instead, Carver had responsibility for his own education. His first school was in Neosho, Kansas. Neosho, I'm sorry, Neosho had once been a Confederate capital. Now it had become the site of the Lincoln School for African American Children and School for Black Children, some nine miles from Carver's home. Every day, Carver walked there with his brother James. His first teacher was Stephen S. Frost, an African-American. Carver and his brother faithfully went to school for several years. Finally, James tried a formal schooling, and he quit to become a house painter, but not George. George Washington Carver reproduced by permission of Fick's University Library. 
He continued until he was 17. Then he went on to complete his high school work in Minneapolis, Kansas, and finally graduate in his mid-twenties. At the time, Carver had wished to become an artist. His sketch of the rose, Yaka Glorisa, won him a first prize at the World Columbian Exposition in 1893. An agricultural education, Carver applied to study at Iowa State College of Agriculture and Mechanical Arts, but he was turned down when he was learned that he was of an African heritage. He then applied to Simpson College at Indonolia, Iowa, where he was the second African American to be admitted. Tuition was $12 a year, but it was hard to come by even this small amount. Carver worked as a cook at a hotel in in Winterset, Iowa, to raise the money. After attending Simpson College for three years, he once again applied for admissions to Iowa State. He was admitted and was placed in charge of the greenhouse of the horticulture department. While doing graduate work, Carver quickly won the respect and and admiration of the faculty and student body. He earned his master's degree in agriculture in 1896, and by that time he left. Carver was an expert at mycology, the study of fungi and plant cross fertilization. Now he begins a career. In April 1896, Carver received a unique offer from the African-American educator, Booker T. Washington, 1856-1915, to teach at Tuskegee Institute in Alabama. Said Washington, I cannot offer you money, position, or fame. The first two you have, the last from the position you now occupy, you will not, you will no doubt achieve. These things I know. I now ask you to give up. So Booger T. Washington has written a letter to Carver to challenge his faith. He asked him if he could join him to come on in at Tuskegee University in Alabama. But in his letter, it's interesting because he, he, he was asking him to do something that most people would not do. Give up their titles, give up their crowns, give up their name and their status quo to come to a place where he would have to start all over again and humble himself. And Christ himself tell us to do that by taking up our cross to follow him. And there are some places that God say, well, when you go to this place, you won't be known. But but in this letter, Booker T. Washington, he makes it known. He says, these things I now ask you to give up. I offer you in their place work, hard, hard work, the task of bringing a people from degradation, poverty, and waste to full manhood. Your department exists only on paper and your laboratory will have to be in your head so i actually done more research so booker t washington offered him something else too and in the research that i found booker t washington did not keep his word on some of the things that he promised george washington carver which made it very difficult 
for him to operate and produce out of nothing. But again, when we read the text Romans 12 and 12, it reminds us that we must be patient, right? It reminds us to continue on in affliction. And so that's what he did. He was able to still go forth because he saw something greater than himself. And while reading this, we can be encouraged to know that even if we're promised something and we don't get it, but we know that this is what the Lord has called us to do, then guess what? You're going to leave something greater than, than just money, than just living in a house. Your legacy matters. And because George Washington Carver was able to take Booger T. Washington up on the offer, it made a difference in history at so all of the students that attend Tuskegee University, they're impacted. I visit there in my senior year of high school, and I had the privilege personally of attending George Washington Carver High School, which is located in Atlanta. So reading about the story and learning about all that George Washington Carver went through really moves my heart. And so he was, he was very well known for many things. He was a painter a well-known artist, a chemist, so many things. But of all of the things that that stood out above the rest was the legacy that was left at Tuskegee University and how from then to now, you know, that laboratory was in his mind, but he was able to transform it. He was able to, to demonstrate it to move it from his mind and make it a reality and he was able to give back to invest into it he could have left because his name was so well known in the community he was an activist he was honored um and and, and believe it or not Booger T Washington and George Washington Carver they didn't always see eye to eye on certain things as I was reading an article on yesterday about the two, which made it very difficult for sometimes for Booker T. Washington, I'm sorry, for George Carver Washington to work for Booker T. Washington. But despite the challenges in his childhood, in his adult life, um, where he was studying school at Iowa State University, he came across uh, racism, but he still endured. And sometimes endurance and opposition are very hard to deal with. But reading his story, when we think about all that he endured, it should give us hope to continue on in our faith, to persevere and to be determined in all things. And so these are great things that we can remember. So in this last part that I want to share with you, it says that, through the years, Carver gained a national as well as an international reputation. Chinese and Japanese farmers raised money, unique problems for him. Raised, I'm sorry, they raised many unique problems for him. Questions were referred to him from Russia, India, Europe, and South America. He later had to turn down a request to join into the Soviet Union. The, the country that once consisted of Russia and other smaller nations. In 1916, he was elected a member of the Royal Society for the Encouragement of Arts in England. 
the world's oldest scientific organization. Later in 1918, he went to the War Department in Washington, D.C. to demonstrate his findings on the sweet potato. He was awarded the Spongarn Medal of the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People in 1923. So this concludes for me some of the things that I found out about the story of George Washington Carver. As you read, you will find that there is even more. I was so amazed to know that he produced so many things, created so many things. So if you have time, look up all of the inventions that he, were, that he was able to create for us so that we could have a better life, a healthier life. And Agar, it all started with him just having a vision in nature as a kid and learning about agriculture and how nature is not just nature, but he learned about God through nature. And I too can relate. Uh, I believe that as a child growing up, when I was examining things and observing things, the sky, the grass, the trees, the plants, the flowers, I felt so close to God. Knowing, didn't really know who he was, but understanding that as a child, there had to be a God. That there just had to be. And because of his zeal and his love for outdoors and his ability to use his hands, he became an artist, but he just left an impact in so many people's lives. And one thing that was interesting while researching him, he had all of these gifts and talents, but he never got married. He never had kids. So he really used his gifts to serve others and when we serve others our gifts would make room for us his name became great because he had such a heart to give of himself of his time and because of that he left a great legacy behind a legacy in which he would not even know that exists until after his death because his name was just that great and so schools were built in his name so many things were built, I'm sure streets. So these are things that he didn't even plan. But through his affliction, determination, and perseverance, he was able to overcome and leave a lasting impact behind for the next generation to come. And so this is the way that we should live our lives, that we're doing such great things, that we're not just thinking about ourselves, but we're leaving a legacy for the next generation to follow and be influenced by. I thank you for listening today. May you tune in again for another episode. There's someone else that I would like to share. I pray that this was a blessing to you. And I do encourage you to go and read and do some more research for yourself. Thank again. Thank you again for tuning in to Hearts Knit Together in Christ. And until next time, may the Lord keep you bless you and cause his holy face to shine upon you. Bye-bye.